This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. We thank the Lord. It's time to receive the Word of God. And uh, I believe today the Lord has a word for you and for me in a special way that is going to take us higher and higher. You know, Jesus said, He's the light of this world is the light of this world thank you holy spirit i want us to pray and commit our hearts to the lord and ask the lord to speak to us ask him to give us a word for us he knows you'll be watching you'll be listening to preaching today ask him to speak to you speak to me lord as we prayerfully prepare our hearts. Let us take this song. Ever true Changing me and changing you. We have come. We have come with open hearts Oh, let words Asian words Asian words Changing me, changing me, changing you and changing We have come for our in this world there is some with God's own heart oh let and words of hope words of hope words of hope and Help us, Lord, help us, help us. With God's own heart, O land, the Asian words, Asian words, ever true. Changing me, changing me. And changing you. There is some sanctify my thoughts with God's own heart. Let me never say, Oh, let the Asian word for his people. Asian words ever true. Asian words ever true. Give us direction that would change me. And change We have come with an open. We have to come tend towards our God with open hands to be raised up oh, and the feeble needs to be strengthened. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Mark, ever true, Asian words, 
Thank you for your love and for dying for me. me. If you have to do it, but you did it for me. And changing you. We have come for with love's open heart. We have come. For love's sake, you endured open such a contradiction of sin. Oh, let the You hung on the cross when you tasted the for me. Ancient that I must taste the righteousness that is of God. That I may receive the goodness and the mercies of the Lord. Thank and you changing you. Thank you, Jesus. I have come. Thank you, Heavenly I Father. I have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient word impart. Father, let your words impart to my life the strength, the light, the peace the joy the hope to march on till your will is done in my life thank you Holy Spirit in Jesus name Amen beautiful so we pressing on with our subject of faith but I, I, I need you I need to say this I just as we're praying the spirit of the Lord dropped into my spirit about a new city where there will be no need for the sun. There will be no need for the sun and that God himself Revelations chapter 21 The New Jerusalem, verse 23. It says, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. The glory of God did lighten it, illuminate it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. You know, the Lamb refers to Jesus. He is the Lamb that was slain. Hallelujah. And he says, the Lamb did lighten it. And the city had no need for the sun. Now, Jesus comes in John chapter 8. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And he says that he is the light of this world. John 8, 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, 
I am the light of this world. I am the light of this world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now, you know what I'm sharing with you just dropped in my spirit and I just felt I should share with you. It's not something that I planned already, but I just want, I want to leave you with a thought and with a question. We just read in Revelation chapter 21 verse 23 that that city had no need of the sun or the moon to illuminate it. Had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. Now, I, I, I don't understand. How does the Lamb become the light thereof? When the glory of God is what lightens it. Are they talking about two different lights? I, I don't know if you understand my question. That it says that maybe, maybe let me get other translations. It may help me. And the city, I'm reading New Living Translation, it says, and the city has no need of the sun or the moon. For the glory of God illuminates the city. And the lamb is its light. Now the question I'm asking is that how does the lamb become its light when it is the glory of the Lord that illuminates the city? So the, the question the question I'm asking carefully here is that are there are there different things that are referred to light are referred to as light because what I'm seeing here is that illumination to illuminate something is it different from being light well i i realize that yes it's true it's true that you see the sun the moon in our natural world illuminates for us to see with our natural eyes and to receive other things from the sun you know not only the sun gives us light it also gives us energy and all those things but when Jesus said in John 8 that I am the light of the world he said he's the light of the world and then he says he that followeth me will not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life now what i see here is that 
the light Jesus brings is different from the illumination that comes from the sun. Jesus brings to our life a light in a world that is beyond our eyes. A light that is in the world that is beyond our eyes. And that is why, why he said, you shall have the light of life. You shall have the light of life. In other words, Jesus brings into us and into our, our lives the ability to see beyond the natural world that is illuminated by the sun, the moon. Because, you know, up until, we are, we are talking about the subject of faith. And most of us would not make the necessary effort. We will not pay the price. We will not strive for us to be led by Jesus. Because we, we, we have not grown to appreciate that he's more than our salvation as in terms of salvation or deliverance from going to hell to go to heaven. He's also our light to live this life successfully considering not only this portion here on earth but also in heaven and the time that will come after this body is perished and is put away. So Jesus brings to our life a light that allows us to navigate beyond the natural realm of what we see. And, and if we don't understand this, we will never make the effort to really, really walk in the light that he brings. The light that Jesus brings is not the, the light that the sun gives. It's not the light that the moon brings along. And you see that even in the new city, he will still be the light. But his light is different from the light that the glory of the Lord would bring to that city. In that city, they don't need the sun. They don't need the moon. But they will have light which the sun and the moon would have given. That is going to come from the glory. The reflection of his glory on everything. But Jesus again is still the lamp in that city. He will give a, a light in that city. And he's come here for us to have that light whilst we are here which is the light of life not the light of physical illumination and therefore you have to believe it you have to you have to believe it for you to make the necessary effort to follow what he demands or what he tells us to do amen great so that was just a prayer topic i mean that was just a, as we we're praying 
the Holy Spirit dropped in my, my spirit that there's a difference in light. And Jesus is the light of life. It's not a light of ability to see in the natural. He is the light that grants you the ability to see beyond what is the natural. Hallelujah. So this morning we're continuing on our subject of faith. And I want to establish some few facts that I've penned down before I go on to the other parts that I want to share with you. Now, I've said this before, but repetition is essential if you want people to really have what you are saying. I just realized that in, in school, we are taught the same things several times in different ways so as to get it. And I believe the same is the case with the teachings of the word of God. So, first of all, I need to say that a person of faith, a man of faith, remember the scripture that says that the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10, 38. And if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in them. And then Paul said, or the writer of Hebrews said, we are not of them that draw back. And then he continued in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, to explain what faith is. When he said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. And then he mentioned and gave a few examples of people who walk by faith. And then in verse 6, he says that he that cometh to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and that without faith, it is impossible to please God without faith. It is impossible to please God. Therefore, faith is a very is the breath of a Christian's walk with God. Faith, like the air we breathe, is our breath in our spiritual walk with God. So whatever we need to learn about faith, we have to learn about it and know it. So therefore, a man of faith or a woman of faith is a man or a woman whose mind is renewed. You cannot walk by faith unless you renew your mind. And this is a reason. The mind, you know, the mind that receives Jesus and believes in him as your Lord and Savior, that mind has been formulated 
by many things that the world in which you grow in offers. That is why where you grow up and the environment in which you were raised determines how your mind works. Therefore, before we met Jesus, our minds has operated according to the information gathered by our natural five senses. And its associated interpretation conditioned by the world of that person. You see, for example, for example, the African man, I don't know about the European man because I'm not an European, I'm an African. So I can talk for us as Africans. But you see, the African man interestingly is conditioned to receive as beauty a certain shape of a person and one of the features is when the person has adequate backside one husband asks the wife where is your backside in other words everybody has adequate backside but you don't seem to have it in adequate amount I mean you know what I'm talking about I'm, I'm preaching in public so I must be I must be very fine protocol must be observed but for those of you who know what I'm talking about just interpret it if you don't know what I'm talking about just take it out and speak it in tanks but you see That's the African mind. That beauty includes adequate backside. And in fact, in some cultures, how much of it you have uh, would make you to be chosen. But funny enough, in other cultures, it's, it's not considered as beauty. In fact, in those cultures, I mean, abundance or overabundance of it is considered a problem. Hallelujah. So that is how the mind has been conditioned. That, that's what I meant by the statement that, that our minds operated according to the information gathered by the natural senses. And its associated interpretation. You see, every information we gather, it say, if this is this, this is what it means. So its associated interpretation, conditioned by the wealth of that person. So when my eye sees, forgive me, but that's an example you understand. This is what my eye sees: a woman with adequate backside. Then the condition is beauty. 
Hallelujah. But whether that is beauty is also another thing. But that's, a, that's how my mind has been conditioned. So in that, in that state, we assess things by it feels good, it tastes good, it smells good, it looks good, it sounds good. Now this mind, this mind is never subject to God. Like Paul said, let, let me read a few scriptures to you. Paul said in Romans chapter 8 verse 7 it says that that mind which is called which is what he's calling the carnal mind it says verse 7 the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God neither indeed can can be do you get it? So, so what, what, what this Bible or what Paul is writing to explain to us is that you see a person of faith pleases God and you please God by doing what he wants and what he says you should do by doing what you say what he says you should do and that is a person of faith. But we are here seeing clearly that the mind that we come to Christ with cannot be subject to the law of God. Is it for the canon? Is it for the okay? Let me read verse 7. Is it because the canon mind or because the canon mind is enmity against God? For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. I, I don't know if you are seeing what I'm seeing here. I don't know if you are seeing what I'm seeing here. But I get a feeling that I'm the only person seeing it. I, I, I don't know. If, if, if you are seeing with me, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's what Hebrews 11, 6 says, isn't it? Now, so if without faith, it is impossible to please God. And we are being told here that the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, when it says they that are in the flesh, it's not those who are alive. As in being alive, you cannot please God. No. What he means is that those who walk in the flesh, who walk according to the carnal mind, cannot please God. And meanwhile, you need to please God by faith. So what it means is that unless you you renew the carnal mind you cannot be a person of faith 
Because faith is what is needed to please God. The carnal mind cannot please God. So to have faith demands you to renew the mind such that the carnal mind is no longer what is operating you. I don't know if you understand it, but I, I, I think if you don't understand it, you can... I don't know how else to explain. Maybe pray about it. The Holy Spirit will help you. So, so what it means is that a person whose mind is renewed, a person whose mind is renewed, has in addition to the information gathered by their natural senses and its associated interpretation conditioned by the word of that person, that person has also, in addition to all this, has information coming from the invisible realm. I don't know if you understand what I said. The the carnal mind has been formulated based on information coming from its five senses. The mind that is renewed, which is which now is the mind of a person of faith, has in addition to information coming from these senses, a sixth or another source of information which is the invisible realm, that person has an information from the invisible realm. Hallelujah. Has an information from the invisible realm. What is this information? This information includes the existence of a creator in the person of God. The existence of a creator in the person of God. And this God is all powerful. It's all knowing. And it's all present. So you see, somebody says, when you talk faith, uh, you have to put your mind aside. No. You don't have to put your mind aside. You have to renew your mind. You have to renew. You cannot put your mind aside as a human being. Because you need your mind. The mind is the engine of your operation. If Christ had a mind to be able to do what he did, how do you say that I should put away my mind because I've met Jesus? When I'm being told that let this mind be in you, which was in Christ. So you cannot put away your mind. But you need to renew it. That's, that's, what, that's the point. That you need to relook and say, the information that I have gathered, the interpretations that I've given to the information, and all those things which is now governing and, and by which my mind is operating, is it all that there is? And the answer is no. The answer is a big no. A big no. I say a big no. So a person with a renewed mind, or a pe- in that, for that matter, a person of faith, 
is a person who adds to the information gathered by the five senses. Information from the invisible realm. And these are the information. That there is a creator. There is a creator in the person of God. Who is all powerful. Who is all knowing. And who is all present. This person believes that. It is from this realm. The invisible realm. That all natural occurrences originate. It is from this invisible realm that all natural occurrences originate. So what is happening, you see, what is happening to you and what you are doing in natural is not originating in the natural. That's, that's the person of faith. A person of faith believes that the occurrences in the natural originates in the invisible. The occurrences in what we see originates in the invisible. So whatever they do in the natural, they add the place of its origination. The renewed mind also believes in Jesus Christ as the son of God by whose death and resurrection we have received redemption and regeneration of all who believes in Jesus. We have been redeemed from the slavery of sin from the ownership or the rulership of Satan back to the God who created us and we have been regenerated in other words as our spirit death which was dead has been brought alive again and by our spirit we commune with the invisible world now this is important because you see, if you don't understand these basic things, you wouldn't know what to do and why you have to do them. So what it is that when Satan comes and tells you, you don't need to do it. Even though you are born again and you have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, because you still can hear from Satan. You can still hear from Satan. He will come and misinform you. And based on the misinformation, without understanding why you do the things you need to do, you will obey Satan. And a lot of Christians actually do obey Satan. Sadly. A lot. A lot. And the reason is that we have not taken time to understand and to know that this thing that I'm doing is actually what I need to do. To walk in the power the goodness and the mercy of God for my life. That is why Jesus, I'm the light of life because Jesus will guide us. Jesus would guide us into the essential things that we need to do to defeat Satan because John tells us that Jesus has come from heaven 
heaven to us here is invisible we don't see heaven with our natural eyes and don't believe anybody that says that because you can't see because you can't hear because you can't smell because you can't taste because you can't feel it doesn't exist it's not true now so this is very important that is what is going to make you understand what actually your spirit is to you you see we are we are we are happy to say i am born again i i, I just see the message changing direction a little bit but I'll, I'll allow the holy spirit to lead me not not what i've prepared to preach on so let me let me just allow the spirit of god to lead me because he's in i'm standing here by him not by my own strength now a lot of us neglect that we should neglect because we don't understand that by the rebirth of our spirit why, why is it essential for the rebirth of our spirit because it is by our spirit that we commune with the world that we cannot see with our eyes by our spirit and I've made a small note here. I've made a very small note here. And the note says that Listen carefully. The note uh, just in my in my personal quiet time i said your faith increases as your spirit develops your faith increases as your spirit develops your spirit is your eyes into the is is your eyes is your ears it's your, it's your sensor and your communicator with the invisible realm. The invisible realm, we call it supernatural realm. Everything we, I mean, it's literally, there may be some little, little differences, but I think for our purpose, it's okay to generalize it. There may be little differences, you know, and, and it's okay to generalize. And please don't, don't take me on and say, you see, as a bible scholar listen me i'm just reading the bible and allowing the holy spirit to guide me so some of the statements i may make today there may be finer details do you get the finer details but it doesn't change the fact so please don't don't try and let's let, let's not create unnecessary arguments and don't send me a message about it that you said the invisible realm is the same as the supernatural realm but i want you to know that there are differences yes you see for for where i am for where i am and for the audience i'm speaking with i don't think i need to pick hairs and, and try to dissect everything amen so your faith increases as your spirit develops because it is by your spirit that you make contact with the spiritual realm with the invisible realm 
It is by your spirit that you acquire the details that you need to make a decision on which way to go. So if you don't develop your spirit, your level of faith will never increase. If you don't develop your spirit, your level of faith will never increase. And this is why it's very important that as a Christian, you see, you want to say, I want to have faith. You have faith by developing your spirit because faith is your eye. Faith is your ear. Faith is your sensor into the realm of the spirit. And just as in the natural, in the natural, as your senses develop, the five senses develop, you are able to acquire more information. You are able to acquire more information. You are able to, therefore, make better conclusion. Hallelujah. Now, I need to say this before I get deeper. And that is, you know, sometimes after much education, and mind you, not complete education, it's partial education, because when you are educated in the natural realm, according to the information that is guarded, or according to the knowledge that is guarded by your five senses, it's partial. It's incomplete. It's one half of the equation. It doesn't mean that that is all there is. And for your pride, for your pride to say that if you can't prove to me spiritual things, for it to make sense to me, I will not believe it. It's unfortunate. And somehow, many of us Christians have not questioned our mind as we as we came to Christ we have no questioning we are still allowing our lives to operate our minds as we came to Christ but I, I'm here to give you one example and that is you see in the natural by my five senses and in particular by my eyes I can stand out in the open and look at the clouds. Look at the clouds and tell you that it is going to rain. And even tell you the position of the clouds that will rain by all means. And, and 99% of the time it is true. They tell you that, oh, where, from where the clouds is, it is going to rain. And it is just in about 10 minutes or so you, you see it's raining. Now, that is information which is true, gathered by the eyes. Now, let me ask you a question. If somebody is born blind, I didn't say somebody went blind after birth, but what I'm saying, if somebody is born blind, like the guy in John that Jesus healed, who, John chapter 9, to the Pharisees. He was born blind. So he has never been able to have sight 
to gather the information that the eye brings. Now, let me ask you a question. If this man is standing by somebody who can see and who sees, let's say they are all of the same age, 30 years, 40 years, and the person who can see says to the man standing who, is, who was born blind and has remained blind, that, can we go? It's about to rain. Let's not dry the things now. And the man said, how do you know it's about to rain? Because I can't, I can't see what, I can't, I can't, I, can't, I mean, how, how do you know it's about to rain? And the man said, oh, I can see it, it's about to rain. And the person who has never seen before and still does not see, says, I don't believe what you are saying. What would you say of that person? Who was born blind? Would you not say that he's a fool? Because that you can't see doesn't mean that the clouds are not there. And it doesn't mean that the neighbor who can see is wrong in the conclusion that it's going to rain. Now, this is what we do when we reject to believe in the invisible. This is what we do when we reject to believe in the invisible. And, and it's, it's, it's sad because we are behaving like the blind man who is rejecting the information that is coming to him. It could also be a hair. Who is rejecting the information that is coming to him or her? From the one who can see. Now that's the same thing. That happens to those of us. Who don't believe. In the invisible realm. Where we, we neglect anything that we can't see. Including your spirit. You neglect your spirit. But I'm here to tell you that. Your spirit is the source. Of information. From the realm that you cannot see. And listen. Paul, Paul even said it, that the things of the, the spirit are received by the spirit, not by the natural mind. In 1 Corinthians 2. It says, but the natural man receiveth not the things that be. Verse 14. It says what? But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. He cannot receive them. Because he cannot even if he wants, as long as he's a natural man, he cannot receive them because they are received. And, and he said, Neither can he know them. So stop proving or stop trying to prove to people who are not born again some, some of the things you are talking about. They can't, they can't receive them and they can't know them. They can't receive them. Neither can they know them. 
because Paul says they are spiritually discerned. They are spiritually discerned. So this is a very important reason why you should not neglect the development of your spirit or the growth of your spirit. You should not neglect the growth of your spirit. Now, it's, it's very important. I don't know how else your faith is going to grow. How else your faith is going to become significant in your life, in the decisions of your life. Unless you develop your spirit, which most of us have neglected it. We've neglected our spirit. We've starved it. We've starved it. It's very lean. And it's lying there like an orphan. Rejected. Not attended to. Whilst we are busy moving up and down. Attending to everything but that which we need. And we keep on shouting the name of Jesus. And calling on Christ. And nothing is happening. And we don't realize why nothing is happening. Hallelujah. But I'm here to tell you. That if you would give effort to your spirit or you will give effort to develop your spirit, your faith is going to rise and it's going to cause you to do exploits. It's going to take you higher. It's going to cause you to overcome superior enemies. It's going to cause you to have victory where there seems to be a defeat. And it's going to cause you to overcome every mountain that attempts to stand in your way. Hallelujah. Every mountain that attempts to stand in your way. Because you see, every mountain that will stand in your way delivers a message to you. Because it's not, you see, it's not a mountain that is invisible. A mountain when we talk about mountains in our walk, in our life, it's something that it gives you a picture of I'm stopping you here. This is how far you can go. I'm too high and very difficult to climb. But you see, what did the Lord say to the mountain in the case of Zerubbabel? The Lord asked the question, Who art thou, O mountain? Who art thou, O mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you become a plane. Because, you see, the mountain is to give a message of impossibility. The mountain is to give a message that this is where you are. Now, I don't know what your mountain is. Or I don't know what is a mountain in your life as we speak now. But the message, the reason why the presence of this mountain in your life has not brought excitement, has not brought joy, has not brought happiness, is because of the message it gives you. And the message it gives you is according to the realm that Satan has caused you to focus on. 
and that is the realm of the natural the realm of reasoning according to information that is acquired in the natural senses if this is not there and this is not there how how is it going to be possible this has happened this is not this should have been there because all the people that if this was there then i could have done this but now i can't see how it's going to be possible listen that is that is that is the message that is given to you but a person whose faith is developed and whose faith is in operation would immediately go past the natural information that this mountain is giving let me ask you a question why did satan cause adam and eve to eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil promising them that their eyes will be open why why because listen everybody and every predator has a terrain where they are they reign supreme everybody and every predator has a terrain where they reign supreme if you meet a crocodile in the water no matter who you are it will finish you to a large extent except and especially if you meet a crocodile in the water when you are not a water animal because the crocodile is adapted to the water even though it can come to the land and is able to breathe and everything its main terrain is the water therefore when it takes you into the water it knows that you you are not adapted for the water so he holds on to you and keeps you submerged in the water shaking you until you fragment two things are working against you you can't breathe because you are not adapted for the water secondly you are being shaken it's a matter of time you'll, you'll be defeated now satan knowing what he knows deceived adam and eve so that their ability or, or so that they can only function in the world where he satan is supreme because he knows that by deceiving you for your eyes to be open your eyes rather became something else and restricted you from the world which you were to a world where he is dominant and from there he contains us so unless your faith develops which now links you up beyond this realm so that when you get the information that satan is giving you from the mountain that it's over be discouraged your faith tells you that oh no 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 it's not over at all because there's power 
that can reduce this mountain. Because this mountain was not made by itself. Or the mountain did not make itself. The mountain was made. And therefore, just as it was made, it can be flattened. And the power that created it is the same power that can put it out. So a person of faith does not receive the message that the mountain of their lives bring to them as the final message upon which a decision is to be taken. But it admits that yes, this is what it is. But there is also a realm or there is also a message from a realm which says that this mountain is not self-existent. This mountain is not invisible. Invincible. This mountain, there is a power that can flatten it. So that is why God said, as he was speaking about Zerubbabel, he said, this mountain, before Zerubbabel, you shall be a plain. Now, that is, that is, that is what faith does. Faith makes you not stop and believe as complete that which the mountain gives you. But it takes you beyond the other realm or beyond the realm in which you are to see that there is a power that brought the mountain into existence and there's a power that can take it away and therefore faith will make you appeal to that power by not believing and accepting as final the message of the mountain that is in your life I don't know what mountain is in your life but Jesus said if you have faith as little as a master seed You will instruct the mountain. And this mountain that is in front of you shall be relocated. It shall be relocated. Because you see, by your not accepting the mountain as the final, the message of the mountain as the final say, you call on the powers to which the mountain is subject. And from that power, the mountain is instructed to move and the mountain will move. Hallelujah. And you see, the mountains, they know that they are subject to higher powers. There's no demon that met up with Jesus and argued and tried to resist departure. Wherever Jesus showed up, the demons agreed even a demon asked jesus have you come to cast us before our time to cast us out before our time it's, it's not about whether you can cast us out or you cannot cast us out because they know who has the power and they know that power belongs to god but what they were negotiating on is that ah, but we thought we were given one year we thought we were to be here for a season so why have you showed up here In fact, in other places, they told Jesus, please don't, don't relocate us from this city completely. Just let us go to the animals nearby. So, you see, Satan knows this. And as a child of God, if you don't accept the message of Satan as final, you would overcome everything that he brings into your way. 
But you can, you see, you can only not accept the message of Satan that he brings into your way through the various natural things as final. Only when your faith is working, only when you are in tune by your spirit into the supernatural world, into the realm where God is. Only when your spirit is developed that you can hear the Holy Spirit tell you that it's a lie. It's not true. And that there are better things that are coming. And that is not the end. Satan will want to tell you it's the end. Satan will want to tell you it's over. But by your spirit, you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit telling you that it's not over. Look at the case of Daniel. Daniel chapter 6. Out of envy, out of conspiracy, Daniel was faced with a situation of defeat. I said, Daniel was faced with a situation of defeat. Where he was made and was told, you guys have to, you, you have to worship, you have to worship the image that the king has made. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. All the, four, the four Hebrew boys or Hebrew men were faced with, the, with an impossible situation. Were faced with a superior enemy. What is a superior enemy in your life? You see, the superior enemy is only superior if you assess, if you assess him or if you assess it according to the natural according to the natural a lion and you a man a lion is a superior enemy and moreover a lion that has not eaten according to the natural you a man and fire and not like you are bound you are bound the fire is a superior enemy is an enemy that you cannot overcome if all your information is just restricted to the realm of your natural, your, the realm of your five senses. But you see, in the realm of the spirit, the fire is not self-existent. The fire is not all-powerful. I said the fire is not all powerful. The fire is only able to burn and to destroy when it is allowed to do so. When God showed himself up to Moses, Moses saw a fire in a bush. But you see, that fire was not made to burn the bush. And that was what attracted Moses. Moses would not have moved to the fire if the fire was doing what Moses' natural senses has known fire to do. But at this time, the fire was, the power to burn was not given to the fire. So it didn't burn the bush. 
and Moses said, no, this is not something that I know. This is against what I have been told. Let me draw close and see what is there. And then he heard the voice of the Lord. Moses, the ground where you stand is a holy ground. Remove your sandals. Hallelujah. So I'm here to see, that's the, the, the natural senses. The natural senses will tell you that what is you before a fire? Just bow and worship these gods so that you can save yourself because this fire is a superior enemy but you see your faith will tell you that the fire can only burn when it is given the power to burn and therefore the message that your natural senses are giving you that the fire is above you and it's too much and you are going to be finished that message through your faith you discover that it's not complete because the fire can only finish me if it is allowed to finish me but there is a greater power there's a greater god that i serve who have to make the final call therefore therefore i will not bow and worship gods that are no gods and they saw the deliverance of God Daniel saw the deliverance of God because that lion is operated just as we are operated by the spirit realm and in the spirit realm you see the beauty of our work as Christians in the, in the spirit realm there are powers but our God is, has, is the power of all powers our God is the power of all powers. And that is the confidence we have. This is the confidence we have. That we don't have as God a sub-level power. We have as God the one who is ultimate. And therefore, there's no occasion where he would encounter a defeat. And therefore, we can trust him. Therefore, we can listen to what he says. Hallelujah. This morning, I pray for you that you will do what you need to do for your faith to grow. We see Daniel. You see, sometimes you say, ah, how did Daniel? You see, their thinking, their thinking included that there is a God there's a God who I belong to. And therefore, I have no reason to fear. The information that is coming to my senses, that is coming from the enemy to cause me to change direction, to cause me to bow to a God that is no God. I will never bow to a God that is no God. Because I know the true and the living God. But you see, this, this, this work, this information cannot come from your natural senses. That is why I say again, that it's a pity that as Christians and as pastors, we have not emphasized on what must be emphasized on. You hear pastors 
and you hear us telling our Christ, our our congregation that you can read your Bible and pray five minutes a day. What is five minutes a day? What is five minutes a day if you have to develop your spirit? What is five minutes of prayer? What is five minutes of prayer? Somebody who didn't create you. Somebody who doesn't know how you exist. Who you just tell I love you. When you call them for only five minutes and say it's five minutes I need to go. See what they'll say to you. See what they'll say to you. How much more? Your whole life. That's why Jesus said I'm the light. I'm the light. I'll guide you. I'll, I'll, I'll guide you. I'll show you what to do. And today, I don't know what you may be going through. But you see, I want you to know that what you are going through. Listen. Listen. Where are you or with what information? I'm asking you a question. With what information are you arriving at the conclusion you are making? That, that's the question. Yes, yes, I see you say, I'm not good. I see you say, I'm a failure. The question I'm asking you is, you need, you need an information to draw that conclusion. Where is that information from? Is that information from the analysis of your natural senses as it has been conditioned by the world around you? Or is that information from the invisible world, from the spirit realm? Is that info the conclusion that you are a failure, is it coming from the Holy Spirit? I'm asking you a question. Yes, you want to give up because life is not worth living. Where is this information coming from? Is it from the Holy Spirit? Or from where? Listen to me. This is a way out. Develop your spirit. I said develop your spirit. I said develop your spirit. And listen, the development of your spirit must be intentional. It must be intentional. I said it must be intentional. And I want to tell you that it will cost you. If it costs you so much to develop your natural mind, that is only giving you limited information. How much more your spirit? How much more your spirit? Your natural mind is giving you only limited information. How much more your spirit? Listen, as I'm ending, I need to say this to you. Develop your spirit. And I want to add, it will cost you. It will come at a price. And listen, you cannot develop your spirit by accident. 
because you have not been educated. The certificate you have, the degree you have, the masters you have, you didn't do it by accident. You did it intentionally. And you spent energy and time on it. I, I dare any pastor who tells you, read one verse a day. I dare any pastor who tells you, read one verse a day. Can you imagine if you are reading one paragraph a day and you say you want to be a doctor? Or you want to be a lawyer? When people read volumes, volumes and read, read it over, how do you tell me that to develop, that's just to develop a small portion of my mind in the area of law, in the area of human anatomy and the physiology and the, the, the pathophysiology of diseases in relation to the human body. I spent six years learning 3 a.m., midnight, hours upon hours for six years learning. How do you tell me that to develop your spirit, you just do it casually? It's, it is, you see, any advice that tells you to do anything casually is from the pits of hell. It's from the pits of hell. And I don't care whether you are a baby Christian or you are, I don't, I don't even know why you call yourself an old Christian. What makes you an old Christian? Is it because you have been going to church for 10 years? You are a baby. You are a baby. Paul told the Corinthians who were walking in the spirit, I mean gifts of the spirit, that they are, they are babies. They are babes. Are you not babes? But listen, I want to give you an advice. Listen to something. First Peter 2.2 It says, as newborn babies, desire the sincere milk of the world, of the word, that you may grow thereby. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. As newborn babies, desire the sincere milk, the honest milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. As newborn babies, some of you have been Christians for 15 years but if, if I'm to talk to you I'll tell you as newborn babies because since you became a Christian you've, did, you've done nothing for your spirit to grow so your spirit is still a baby and stop deceiving yourself by counting the number of years you have been in church New Living Translation is like newborn babies you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you grow into a full experience of salvation. Remember, I started by saying Jesus is our light of life. He said it. He's the one that has come from heaven and he is telling us what we need to know. In John chapter 15 verse 7, he says if we abide in him and his words abide in us we shall ask what we will 
and it will be it shall be done unto us the new living translation says but if you remain in me and my words remain in you you may ask for anything you want what you may do what ask for anything you want so you mean i can ask for progress at my workplace you mean i can ask for a husband i can ask for a good wife you mean i can ask for a good marriage well i don't know what anything is but maybe you should look for the dictionary meaning of anything uh, uh, you see some of you you are you are trying to spiritualize you see anything you see because so it will be spiritual no he said anything is anything and he says you may ask for anything you want not he wants anything you want and it will be granted it will be granted isn't it a shame that we have always quoted third john Uh, uh, two. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in good health as thy soul prospereth. We've always quoted it to preach about prosperity. But, but it just dawned on me this week that ah, that thing is somebody's wish. It's a wish. It's not, it's not a guidance into prosperity. It's a wish. John 15, 7 actually is what shows us what to do. You see, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. So if you really want prosperity, then this is, this, Jesus is the light. He shows you this is how to prosper. This is how to prosper. The world will tell you that your work is more important than this Bible reading. But I, I, I submit to you that it's not true. It's not true at all. It's not true at all. Time will not allow me to go into details, but I tell you it's not true at all. But I pray for you that a hunger, a yearning, a certain revelation of the Holy Spirit to your spirit would cause you to break every laziness, every barrier that is hindering you from doing actually what will bring you prosperity. And that is your spirit growing. Peter says, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word so that you will grow the growth of your spirit like comparison i mean by comparing in the natural allows you to acquire more information from the spirit realm and jesus said yo my words abiding in you makes you significant in my in the world of the spirit where you ask anything and it is done for you i don't know what else you want you want to know about prosperity but it will only be satan 
that will fight the word from being in you when in john 1 1 the word has been described to us as god it will only be satan so that and the reason why satan will fight you is so that you will believe what he tells you that is why we have witnesses in court because if you listen to one side of the story you will think that is the, that is the, that is the case and you will end up judging wrongly but jesus has come to tell on satan i said jesus has come to tell on satan and satan will tell you not to listen to jesus but i'm here as a servant to tell you listen to him he says his word must abide in you whatever it will cost you whatever you need to do i said do it as you do it you will no longer believe in the lies of satan and therefore draw the wrong conclusion which is always leading you to depression which is always leading you to opting for useless ways and ways that are nothing i want us to lift up our voice and thank him for today bless your name father we thank you we bless you thank you jesus thank you holy spirit Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, this is this is this is it. This is prosperity. This is victory. This is excellence. This is joy. This is peace. Oh, yes. I don't know how, but Jesus said it, so I will do it. Because he is the light of my life. Whatever I need to do, I'm sparing nothing. I'm leaving no stone on ten to have his word abide in me. Mikaron de Kasakala. Listen. Go to church, dance, clap, and everything. It doesn't do much. But when the word is abiding in you, and you are abiding in Christ, your story changes. Everything about you changes. You speak, and it comes to pass. You sit in your room, and you call for jobs, and it comes your way. You speak and call for favor over your child, and it comes to your life. You command demons and they leave. They leave because they know who is speaking. Oh yes, I see you rising to the challenge. I see you commanding demons to leave your life. To leave the life of your family members. To stay off your children and to cause you to be joyous all the time. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for this moment. We honor you and bless you. By your spirit, your word is spoken to us. By that same spirit, we receive it with meekness. Give us the wisdom to overcome every obstacle that stands in our way of doing what we need to do. Every form of deception that has been taught from the pulpit, we reject it. 
our eyes are open and Lord we have come to realize that Jesus being our light of life he says let my words abide in you as you abide in me anything shall be done unto you this is what we want to do Lord may we acquire good Bibles when we read oh Holy Spirit may you open the eyes of our understanding behold that we may also see wondrous things out of the law of the Lord impart to our spirit that great information that we need that great knowing that great wisdom that we will live this life glorifying God and Jesus Christ our Savior because of the victories that we would have which comes by our faith we thank you Holy Spirit may we never be found to neglect our spirit in any way but as it develops and communes with you and has fellowship with you we will defeat the enemy at every place and we shall become great instruments and vessels for the blessing of humanity as we go to territories and to deliver them that are held captive as Philip went down to Samaria so shall we go to faraway places and light shall come to those cities because of the spirit of the Lord you the Holy Spirit who is in us working with our spirit to do God's will thank you Holy Spirit we bless you we give you honor as every head is bowed and every eye closed you want to say this prayer with me you are not born again and you want to have a relationship with Jesus Jesus said you must be born again I'm not saying he said you must be born again and you get born again by believing in Jesus Christ as a son of God who came to die for you let us pray this prayer if you want to be born again Heavenly Father Heavenly Father I thank you for the life of Jesus Christ whom you sent to die for my sins whom you sent to die for my sins I receive him I receive in my heart in my heart as your son as your son I believe I believe his death his death and resurrection and resurrection I know he's alive with you I know he's alive with you and I receive him and I receive him as my lord and savior as my lord and savior thank you thank you that by this confession that by this confession I have received forgiveness of my sins I have received forgiveness forgiveness of, of my sins and a newness of my spirit and a newness of my spirit my spirit is reborn my spirit is reborn by this confession by this confession lord lord help me help me never to neglect never my to spirit neglect my spirit your precious gift your precious gift of the holy spirit of the holy spirit that you have given to me that you've given to me may i do everything possible may i do everything possible to eat your word to eat your word that as a newborn baby that as a newborn baby i will grow I will grow into the full experience of salvation into the full experience of salvation thank you father thank you father for this love for this love in jesus name i pray in jesus name amen amen we believe you've been blessed by this message to stay connected follow our lci social media platform